Welcome to the Barfly Podcast. My name is Jeff Burkhart, columnist for the Marin IJ and author of the book 20 Years Behind Bars, The Spirited Adventures of a Real Bartender. Today, my co-host is Kevin Blum, community manager for the online review site Yelp. Welcome, Kevin. So we're here today to talk to Peter Schumacher, the managing partner of uh, Playa Bungalow and uh, Buckeye Roadhouse. That's correct. So we're we're going to talk today about uh, uh, some changes in the in the law that uh, that affect uh, tip pooling, especially particularly to the restaurant business. We're not quite sure how that affects the uh, the casino business, but that's that's a whole other animal. But the basic gist is is that Obama had instituted a law that said that that owners, managers. And people who normally didn't participate in the tip pool could could not participate in a tip pool. So Trump, uh, uh, the Trump administration introduced uh, some changes to that law. It was negotiated with the Democrats, and they worked out to that people who previously could not participate in the tip pool now can, including back of the, back of the house, which is good news, I would imagine, for the restaurant business, since back of the house is is struggling under uh, some of these new laws with uh, minimum wage and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, back of the house really means for people who don't know that, you know, it's not just the dishwasher and the prep guys and the cleaners, but it's really the guys who, 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 who prepare your food, who are proud cooks who want to, you know, satisfy the customers with, with excellent food. And often uh, it seems like guests, uh, they do a tip on how uh, well, how great their experience is in the restaurant. It's not often just, in my belief, that server is so great that it gets 25%. If the entire experience was wonderful, friendly service, knowledgeable, professional, backing up with great food, that's that just makes a great night and then you feel generous and you probably tip more. But as it was, the kitchen does not get to participate in that success. Right. Well, I mean, one of the great old adages is people will, will go back, won't go back for bad food. If the food's bad, they probably won't go back, even if the service is great. But if the if the if the, the service is great and the, or the other way around if the, the the food's great and the and the service is bad they might go back, so that that figures into that equation that yes it does make a big difference I mean a server can make or break an experience for sure as as can bad food but consistently you have to deliver a product that people like Correct. in order for them to come in hmm. yeah, I totally agree with that and so you know one of the things that 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 are you know high end dining I think will be less affected maybe by this because. I mean, part of it is that the service people in that industry, it, it attracts a different level of, 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 of a, a professional, much as it does in the kitchen. It's much harder to prepare high-end food, I think. Would you agree with that? I think you need a, a longer time of, of training. You know, you, you have to work your way up in the ranks in, in the kitchen to really prepare high-end food. I, I, it's not just... Flipping a burger and then an out burger, or right. McDonald's for that matter, right, <laughs> right, which is pretty much the same, right? You're gonna be, either one of those would probably be the same. Where at a, a high end restaurant, you're talking about garnishes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, plating, volume, all kinds of things. However, right. though, I, I think it's pretty well known that In and Out takes uh, very good care of their employees in terms of they, they pay higher than McDonald's, and I think they they offer certain benefits that you wouldn't find at other fast food or fast casual establishments. So maybe that's reflected in the food that you take home. Mm-hmm. Maybe quite possible. Yeah. Well, again, if everyone's invested in, in the success of the restaurant or any business for that matter, it's probably going to be a good situation. And so situations where people feel disenfranchised 
or uh, or alienated that's when things start to go wrong you know i mean obviously you're always going to get a bad apple and you know it just can happen sometimes it's not the people you think it would be mm-hmm. you know it, it's just weird that way you know as you move through the restaurant business and you see these things happen but uh it it part but the thing that, that the big dra- dra- uh, dramatic change i think is that front of the house people having to participate in that tip pool can be a little uncomfortable for some people who've been in that in that industry for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. They might feel that they're giving some of their hard-earned work money away. And that's going to be a difficult hill to climb because I agree with you. I worked in the back of the house for years and and you know I remember once a server said to me, you know, you cost me my tip. And I remember thinking at the time, well, if I cost you your tip, then shouldn't I benefit when you benefit, mm-hmm. right? It was kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and it was just a simple mistake. You know, mm-hmm. something got overcooked and that, that sort of thing happens. But the, but the idea is, yeah, if you are invested, you are going to try harder. Now, the, the problem is, how do you do that, right? How do you regulate that? And if you guarantee a percentage of income to somebody, sometimes, you know, the, the guaranteed tip thing, like in just in general, uh, can really affect service in a negative aspect. If it's included, you mean? Yes. Yeah, we've definitely seen that in, you know, in Europe where people make a, a fair salary for and they don't have to depend on somebody's quote-unquote generosity to, to pay their their rent, which is probably the way it's going to go in the f- future. You know, Not very soon, but down the road, I think that's going to be the case in, even here as well. And I am worried about the quality of the service uh, going down if people are guaranteed a certain income because it's already hard to find people uh, to work in our in our restaurant industry and being part of a directly rewarded environment certain personalities really like that and they give everything they have so so they get rewarded with a great tip uh, what we have now though with the minimum wage keeps going up and up and up which I'm totally a supporter of where the, it creates a problem is the servers and bartenders, they're also part of the minimum wage uh, level. However, they're making already tips. So their hourly rate goes up and up, and they're getting closer to a line cook's uh, level. Meanwhile, they're still making the tip. So they're really not just working for minimum wage, where, let's say, the dishwasher, we actually pay above dishwasher rates, those rates in the kitchen will go up just because the minimum wage will also go up. Right. And as you know, restaurant business is a, is a, it's a tight profit margin very often. And uh, it's it's hard to balance making enough investment where maybe your profit margins are down to 5%, where they used to be 10%. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you're right. I, I would also suggest that most, uh, most uh, hourly employees don't really care about that minimum wage. That's not really making a meaningful impact in any bartender's life, that that dollar an hour minimum wage thing, and it's it's more of a nuisance. You mean the tipped employees? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I mean, I think for the for the hourly employees, it yeah. certainly makes a difference, but that is not why the majority of of tipped employees do it. I think. I I mean. I think it, you're right. You know, because it doesn't make that much of a difference if you're making eleven dollars or twelve dollars an hour. Right. However, for the restaurant owner, we have you know. 200 employees right. mm-hmm. times 30, 40 hours yeah. a week, that adds up to a surprisingly large amount right. of money where you as an individual don't really feel that increase that much. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and a lot of people don't realize how many employees it takes to run a restaurant. Correct. It's it not so it's, right. it's not the two people you see out front. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an army of people, people in the behind back. the scenes. Well, there's yeah. an army of people during the day that, that that support that army of people at night. And and I mean, it can be there can be 30, 40 people back there. Right. You know? I mean, it's that's not unusual. And but you just don't see them. Right. I mean, the open kitchen, you might. Yeah. But yeah. but in a in a regular environment, you just don't. Yeah. Every time I tell people how many employees there actually are in, in the restaurants, individual, everyone is astonished and surprised. Like, I can't believe there's that many people because they maybe see three or four bartenders sure. and, and or three or four servers and one bartender. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they match in two street guys in the kitchen. Right. There's, it's, they're not it's, line cooks. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. The cleaning staff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, sure. you should see our employee meetings, right? They're which, huge. Which will, you, That's why you, you'll find more and more of those fast uh, service type of restaurants, so quick service. Fast casual. Yeah. Fast casual. That seems to be the new you trend. Know, like yeah. we have a few in Sausalito now. You know, Fish is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the one next to Barbachi is a... a, a is it like the joinery? The joinery. Yeah. You know, basically. But in San Francisco, like Soma and the financial district, it's all fast casual exactly. now. And, you know, that it's almost like the Chipotle model of, well, yeah. we're the Chipotle of Indian food. We're the Chipotle of, <laughs> right. one will be the Chipotle of Mexican food. Right. right. You know, but. Um, and the main reason is that it's the labor cost, I think. Yeah. Exactly. So my, my prediction is, honestly, only very, very high-end restaurants will, down the road, have uh, servers and bartenders as we're used to it now in, in, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a good white tablecloth restaurant. Right. But yeah. it's, it's gonna either, I think it's, it's probably gonna go away at some point or there's another way to compensate your staff with a salary and tip included. It's, and the customer going to have to pay a lot more to get that kind of service. But didn't they attempt that at a few um, bars and restaurants in the city? Like I think True Normand was one of them, and maybe Bar Agricole that they they included, you know, the uh, gratuity in the price of even mm-hmm. if you bought a cocktail, right? And suddenly that you know, well, that changes the the route of the tip too. So yeah. that then becomes a service charge, which mm-hmm. then is dealt with differently. So the laws. Again, part of the thing is whenever you change a law, it's always the unintended consequences, yeah. right? You can see what you're trying to do, but you never know. I mean, look at CBD, right? Mm-hmm. What I mean, I don't think anyone expected to happen what happened with that, where it just exploded into this underground industry where nothing was regulated anymore, yeah. right? And, uh, and, and that can happen if, if, if the laws aren't, aren't clearly written. And, um, and so we'll, we, I think we're in a really nebulous area where it remains to be seen what will happen yeah. ultimately. Well, you're right. The Normandy, they, they started in, including they back. service gratuity, which yeah. is now becomes a sales event in front right. of the state. Mm-hmm. And then you, you have to take that money and put it through the paychecks. And the, sure. the servers and bartenders wouldn't see their money the same night. They had to yeah. wait for the paycheck. So they were, and the customers didn't like it either. Of course. They didn't understand suddenly, why am I paying $18 for this Manhattan? Right. right. Yeah. Which normally they would pay anyway, including a tip. Yeah. But once it's mandated, people... You know, and then the competition still looks like pretty cheap next door. Right. <laughs> That's right. You know, so it's, it's a yeah. really tricky, weird uh, environment. Danny Meyer, actually, in New York, he's, he's spearheading a lot of that. And he has, I think, now tried in several of his restaurants to include service gratuity mm-hmm. and give uh, people, I believe they own a high salary or an hourly rate, like 30 to $50 an hour. And uh, I think he started that. I'm not sure if he's pulling all the way through. Thirty, fifty an hour. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, are they yeah. also giving legal advice if you should ask? Or <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Take them with a massage. That's, yeah, bar, that's very generous. Like yeah. bar, good bartenders and servers, sure. they make 50, 60, 70 to $100 an hour, and they should. Yeah, right. yeah. They work hard. It's right. an expensive environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a conscientious uh, owner and, and, and people hires, a person who hires people, I want everybody to, to be able to afford. If you work 40 hours hard, mm-hmm. you should be have a decent lifestyle where you can pay your rent and yeah. go buy food and clothes and not be worried about it right the different the problem is we actually had this conversation as the law changed are we now gonna have the cooks be partake of the tips that the service a bartender make mm-hmm. and we talked about it for a long time and you know, you'd think, yeah, we of course we take two percent away from the food they cook, and it goes to the cooks. That seems fair because they do prepare the food. At the same time, servers and bartenders they work so hard for their money too. So we're taking away money from them which they had before. Right. Uh, so that just doesn't seem right either. So for the moment, even though they got a ten percent increase in minimum wage, it we we are not doing it. But a lot of restaurants are having the service tip out the kitchen right because of the success they help with right and and again the 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 problem with the way it stands right now is that might change too again and so well then if you've given them that and then you have to take it away now you know it's it's one of those damned if you do damned if you don't sort of things and so where's the law stand now uh, it's before the Supreme Court. So, oh, wow. the, so okay. right now, the way that I understand it to be is the main thing is that owners and managers can still no longer participate in the tip pool. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the back of the house can, provided it's fair, and I mean, the wording is kind of ambiguous, but mm-hmm. that, you, that the back of the house can be tipped out, but the, the guidelines have to say it has to be fair and balanced. Right. And somewhat based upon the expectation of how much they might actually encounter a guest or some weird wording. So I like guess that. we'll just have to wait and see, and then restaurant owners uh, be, be ready. Yeah, for, and restaurant employees. And restaurant employees, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and finally, restaurant customers, because someone's ultimately going to bear the cost of that, and that's going to be them. I saw you. Please join us next time when we welcome Annette and Gerner Anderson, owners of Lighthouse Bar and Grill in Mill Valley at Harbor Point, Lighthouse Cafe in Sausalito, and the other Lighthouse Cafe in Puerto Madera. My name is Jeff Burkhart. Thanks for listening. I would go home with you, but I'm more-